Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Denver Rubber Company is an essential business and has filled needs for several different industries, including medical, military, defense, government, wind energy, even food and beverage. These guys have been doing it since 1972 here in Denver and are diehard sports fans like all of the rest of the DNVR community as well. They are known for cutting and supplying rubber snow plow blades, but they also provide rubber of any size, shape, and form, foam gaskets, hose assemblies, and even metal parts as well. They have you covered with their industry knowledge and their precise manufacturing capabilities. They're committed to supporting your needs, especially during these uncertain times. If you need any of that stuff, give them a call at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnbr. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Centennial or Highlands Ranch, your location for over a thousand different varieties of beer. I'm Nathan Rudolph, he's AJ Hayfley. Yesterday, we talked about some potential upgrades at every position for the Avs, be it Matt Murray in goal, Sam Reinhart at forward, or Alex Petrangelo on defense, but it feels like we kind of skipped a step by jumping to those rumors, because the first question you have to ask is, what are the Avs' biggest weaknesses at the three positions, and how can you fix those, essentially, or how can you improve on them? So... That's where we're going to go with today's show, as AJ's got like a bug flying around his room or something mm, there. Can you hear that? No, I see I see you like looking up, but I can't hear yeah. it. Uh, they're, um, we have painters here painting the house. Oh, right? okay. And they, uh, I just let them into the garage and like they're just like... Banging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like clanging around and I'm like, guys. Whoa, hello. I thought, I thought you were painting, not remodeling. <laughs> Well, I I think that would be the plan for the Avs' weaknesses as well. This this is not a full remodel of the team. Just a little touch-ups around the edges, I would think. Nice. Smooth transition. <laughs> we got there. We got there. So, well, where do you want to start? Up front? Back end? Gold, goal? I mean, let's start in... Goal. I guess the, I Our round table was in goal, so end. yeah, might as well. Um, So, goaltender, uh, look. If the Avs stood pat in every category, I think that would be fine, right? This is a quality yeah. team. We should we should probably start right there. Yeah. If we go into the offseason and the Avalanche add nobody, they don't bring in a single player from the outside for the NHL roster because they totally will for the Eagles. But they don't bring in a single player from the from the outside. And all they do is bring a couple of guys back, let a few guys go, whatever. They are fine. 
They are a top three team in the West once again. They are for sure a Stanley Cup contender. And I should say if they if the, the only ads that they have are internal. A guy like Byram. Like they are Graduating they are prospects, a surefire yeah. cup contender. They are fine. Like yep. they might, you know. They they might still be relying on a little too much youth in certain areas, but ultimately, like they're good. So <clears throat> we should start there by saying that so that people don't think that we're like losing sight of the perspective here that this is already a very good club before we go. We spend the entire episode talking about how they can get better. But yes, I would say, I would say, as we talked about yesterday in net is definitely where you would look if you're, if you were a big hockey fan and you were just sitting around browsing the rosters of all the top teams and saying, Oh, who's, who's, who scares me the most, right? Who's who's the biggest cup contender out there? I think if you got to Colorado, you would look down that roster and you'd be like, oh, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. And then you'd get to net and you'd be like, eh. Yeah. I. So, I mean, here's the thing about the goaltending position for me is there is no goaltending by committee, really. I mean, that's not true. There, You can have tandem goaltenders, but... The Avs have solid depth, particularly at forward, all the way down. You would, yeah. you can't just depth your way through the goaltending position. You need to have a bona fide, consistent star to have that position locked down. And the Avs, right. they don't have that. They have, they have a starter, I believe, in Philip Grubauer, but he's not a star of the NHL. Right, and they, you know, Pavel Francouz continues to prove that he can play. For sure. Continues to prove that he's a legit <clears throat> he's a legit NHL goaltender of some caliber. Right now we're looking at him and saying, hey, maybe this guy can be a starter. Because he's played that well that you have to have the conversation. Neither you nor I are hundred percent sold on that, but we're open to the possibility. The fact is is that he's not there yet. Yep. The same way that Philip Grubauer is not there yet. Neither one of these guys have a 55 game season under their belt where you know 50 55 games you know 924 save percentage rock solid all season long consistently good throughout none of this none of this month and a half three weeks of oh my gosh what is this like what's going on here you know like a guy that is just your horse back there that is just Solid, And maybe that's an unrealistic expectation because being a goaltender is very, very difficult. But we see other other clubs get a lot of that. And when you look at the the teams that are contending with the ads, you look at St. Louis, you look at Dallas, you look at Vegas. Some of the most consistent goaltending in the league outside of Flurry and Vegas, who's been a little bit erratic this year, but. Right, and then they went out and they got Robin Lehner at the the, the deadline to kind of address yep. address that whole thing. And then, you know, what they were going to do with that position in the playoffs is going to be very interesting. But point is, they went out and they did something, right? They got better. Despite the fact that they had Marc-Andre Fleury, a guy who led them to the Cup Finals two years ago, they went out and they got Robin Lehner. So that's that's a legit move. That's an, that's a That lets you know 
they were uncomfortable and that there was more to give from that position. And boy, that's a big ad. And <clears throat> if he leaves in, in free agency, I think that's a big loss for them. But you also see, you know, Dallas with Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin. Those guys have both been very good. When Jordan Bennington struggled a little bit this year, Jake Allen was very good. The Avs have got good goalies. The one question that's really just unanswered is, do they have that surefire lock-it-down number one? Do they have that horse? Do they have that guy that you're comfortable saying, they're, the Avs have four, the next four years is, is what you view as like their theoretical cup window. Minimum, right? Like until the next McKinnon contract. Yeah, I is is Grubauer the guy that you trust with all of those? Is Grubauer or Franco's the guy that you trust with those cup windows, with that cup window, with those playoff runs? I and mean, if the answer is no, you got to go shopping for sure. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. the The biggest problem here, if if you answer that question no, is that this is not. A unique issue. There are only a handful of teams in the league that have that consistent caliber goaltending. There are probably 22 of them in the league who would say we need that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who would say we're open to we're open to improvement at this spot? Yep. I think that's that's correct. You're not, and I mean, it's no secret that you, a couple of the teams you happen to mention, St. Louis current Stanley Cup champs, Dallas, perennial playoff team, Vegas, mm-hmm. extremely strong in their playoffs the past couple of years, having a cup finals made and a chintzy round one exit, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go controversial. <laughs> but it, it goes to show that goaltending is just so incredibly important in the NHL. That it derailed San Jose's entire... Yeah. Cup, the end of their entire cup run. Right. Martin Jones just was too heavy for that team to carry. Yeah. And did that's the reality. So it's it's a tough spot when 22 teams in the league are are looking to get better at that position and it's it's it costs a premium. It's hard to find. And if you find one, nobody wants to let it go. Even even bad teams yep. that are set there. You know, you look at Winnipeg shouldn't even be in the playoffs. They shouldn't even be in the if playoffs. If not for race. Hellebuck, yeah. And Connor Hellebuck dragged them there. The only reason that Anaheim had well, not this year, but Anaheim Anaheim is set at that position because John Gibson has been outstanding for a number of years. And he's signed to a very reasonable long term contract. Even though that they are in kind of a rebuilding transition right now, they have no need to move him. Like you could say, oh, John Gibson's the perfect guy for this. He is. He's also the perfect guy for what Anaheim is trying to do. Because if yep. they get back to if they if they retool their roster and get back to playoff contention, that position is set for them. They don't have to worry about it. You know what the perfect thing for me is though, AJ? What's that? A Breckenridge brew. The official you know, beer of we DNVR. Need to, we, need to, we need to have a brew cast one of these days. For real. I feel like all the other beats do that. And you and I you and I haven't because mostly because of me. 
Yeah, you're, so we you're, should you're have just not cast. that big of a beer drinker, but I'm always down for the brew cast. If you're looking for Breckenridge Brew, they have you covered with their farmhouse down in Littleton. You can get all of your favorite Breckenridge brews from there and a meal. You can use code DNVR to get $5 off that meal when you go and pick up. Call 303-803-1380 for pickup between noon to 8 p.m. Or if you don't live in the Littleton area, you can always use something like Drizzly to get your beer delivered and get your 15-can Breckenridge sampler pack through that. So, as we continue this goaltender conversation a little bit, it's not something that's easy to come across, and there's a lot of positivity, a lot of hope around Eustace Ananen, but the reality is the Avs have never been an organization to get that level of player internally. Yeah, they had the- they've never done it. They had the greatest goaltender ever, which they acquired through trade, and they've essentially tried to follow that pass through the entire organization's history in Colorado. Uh, trading for Jose Theodore, trading for Varlamov, trading for Grubauer. The, uh, the list goes on. I skipped a few in there as well. Um, Their only internal starters that they had were David Abisher, who lasted 10 minutes, Yep, and Peter Budai, who couldn't quite Lock it down. Took the pinball bumpers off of his pads, maybe, but had a had a very very good career, but was always was a low end starter. If we're being generous, exactly. Yeah, was was much better suited as a uh, a strong backup somewhere. Yep. So it it's been. I don't want to say it's been hard because they went out and got Varlamov, who has been a very, very good goaltender. They they got what they've been in Denver for 20, 25 years. Next season will be the 25th season. Yeah. And they've gotten, I think, 17 years, something like that, out of Juan Varley. Yep. So, so this is not this is not Edmonton, this is not Calgary, this is not an organization that has like been hardcore hurting at the position. It's just now when you look at it as they are ready to ascend to that next level, is it there? Do they have that guy? We just don't know the answer. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's not quite the same, obviously. Uh, this this comparison feels a little bit like a stretch, but in a lot of ways, it's the polar opposite for me to the Rockies, who have struggled for a long time to find a uh, an ace pitcher. Right? Mm-hmm. They had sure they had Ubaldo for a couple of years, and uh, like they, Jeff Francis had a, had yeah, a nice prime. Exactly, they've but, had individual seasons or like small runs, but they've never really had that rock steady guy for a long long time (laughs) uh yeah but and and the other side of that is look at all of the pitchers the rockies are developing internally now Mm -hmm. and how their pitching core is coming along granted you know we'll see about kyle freeland when baseball returns but that's gonna be great i believe it that's a a different podcast you can go ahead hit up drew creaseman for those takes uh the point being that even across sports, 
these individual positions that are so meaningful, particularly to the defensive side of the ball, on the offensive mm-hmm. side in football, something like a quarterback kind of, are the difference in winning championships a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. if you're lacking that bona fide star, it's just a higher hill for the team to climb. It is. And then, and then if you go and you look at the guys that have won cups. Yep. You know, it, Matt Murray has two of them. Exactly. You know, Corey Crawford, Antti Niemi, those, the, uh, Jonathan Quick. Like, would you ever say any of those guys are elite goaltenders? Um, maybe prime quick. So, but not certainly not anymore. Uh, <clears throat> but I, that's another good point though, right? Any goaltender can get hot from April to June mm-hmm. and carry a team through the playoffs with not in the playoffs, but look at Andrew Hammond. He got hot for two months and basically turned Ottawa's season around by himself. Yeah, and well, and we saw Peter Budai back in the day. Yep. Had that, I think it was like that 20 game stretch where he won like 18 of those games or something. Yeah. It was something crazy. And he won the starting job for the next year. And, you know, as we went over, it didn't work out, but got really hot. I mean, and these, it happens with goalies. It's just, there's, and, and it happened last year with Grubauer. Grubauer got white hot from March 15th on. Yep. And was a, a monster. In, and then went into the playoffs and was very good. It wasn't like we were at the end of the season talking about anything other than Philip Grubauer as the number one. It's just that he came in in this year, just didn't take the step we were hoping for. Yeah, right. The The consistency you wanted to see didn't show up. Yeah. With that being... And the, that injury, the injury at the end really hurt him because he did. really found his game. It looked like it was coming along, and then, yeah, he got hurt at the stadium series. and Yeah, Ian Cole ran into him randomly, and it was yep. like, God, this guy can't catch a break. Well, if I've learned anything from this conversation, it's... When you're placing bets, always bet on the hot hand, and you can do that now. The wait is finally over. DraftKings has brought legal sports betting to Colorado, and understandably, it might have flown under your radar with big things going on, but sports are coming back. Just imagine how much more fun watching a game will be when you have skin in the game. And the best way to get in on that action is DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Yes, that DraftKings has launched an online sportsbook created by sports fans for sports fans. This isn't some offshore operation like other gambling sites. DraftKings is a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the U.S., so you can be confident that your funds are secure. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever and whenever, assuming you're in a place where it's legal, you don't even have to leave your house. And luckily for us, we don't have to wait long at all. Not only is the KBO already going on and something I'm enjoying betting on quite a bit, but the UFC is continuing to bring us the action with their return this weekend. There are three UFC events in the next week, so plenty of action there. AJ, you look like you're ready to say something there. Have we picked our KBO teams yet, officially? I've picked mine. Which one did you land on? The Lote Giants. Okay. 
I know Ryan has picked the Twins. Yeah, Ryan and I, uh, Ryan uh, and I went with the Twins because of Ramos. I, I I went with the Twins because Ryan did, and I just wanted to pal up. Okay, I think I had no reason otherwise. I think Wind picked the Dinos, which picking that's like the total bandwagon pick, but. <laughs> It's a great name, though, the it, Dinos. Yeah, the Dinos is a fantastic name. They have the Wyverns, too. I almost picked them just solely on name alone, but... I I strongly contemplated it because of the Final Fantasy feels. Yeah, see, those are WoW feels to me. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, same yeah. difference, but... Yeah. Either way. As... Because we played a video game where that was in it, and we were like, yep, that's for me. <laughs> now, I guess these days it would be Fire Emblem. I, yeah, Fire Emblems, you're... Your category, but either way, you can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users get a sign-up bonus of up to a thousand dollars. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of a thousand dollars. That's a lot of money when you use that code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We have a question in the chat here from Shadowstormer. He asks, I don't know a lot about the history of the Avs, and I was wondering a little about EJ. Why do some people online hate him so much, and why does the organization love him so much? Also, why did he get the contract he did, and what were the consequences of it? Uh, good question. Yeah. Good, good in-depth question. I think, first of all, EJ was a trade acquisition from St. Louis for the Avs, former first overall pick uh, that had not lived up to the hype in St. Louis at all. He had, had so some context there. Yeah. Because drafted first overall, but then they turned around and drafted Alex Petrangelo second overall. The next season, was or either, was it two years it either, later? It, it yeah. was either the next year or the year after. It was not long. Yep. EJ went and played one year of college hockey after getting drafted. Goes into the NHL, I think has a strong rookie year, and then had the then had the, the knee accident. problem. Yep. So he had a, he had a little incident with a golf cart that shredded his knee, and he basically missed a whole year, and that kind of set him up. Um, for to to kind of be the fall guy in St. Louis, and when he never really like had the big breakout, and Petrangelo ended up being like that that star that they thought they were getting with EJ. They were looking around uh, and then the Avs acquired EJ in the middle of the night for Chris Stewart and Kevin Shattenkirk and Shattenkirk's uh, rookie year. Yep. And if you don't recognize Chris Stewart's name, it's because he fell off a cliff about 20 minutes after that trade. He had uh, one he was, decent he season like, in St. Louis, yeah. Exactly. And I, he was like 23, 24, 24 years old. I think, yeah. Right. Like coming off a 27-goal season in Colorado and was a legitimate power forward. At, and, like, the guy the guy was a monster. At the time of the trade, the most valuable piece was considered Chris Stewart in the entire trade. Right. right. And Eric Johnson showed up in Colorado as like the number one defenseman that the organization had been seeking for a long time. And he was by far their best and he was pretty good. He was, he was like, it was like, he's not 
an elite defenseman, but in 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 his prime, he was maybe like the twentieth best defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, he was. So he's like a low tier first pairing guy. One. Yep. Yeah, he was a he was a legit first pairing guy, but he was kind of a lower end one. He wasn't like a, you know, you weren't having the conversations like with a Petrangelo or an Ekman Larson or a Shea Weber, Ryan Suter, those types of guys. Set and then, forget, you know, yeah. Who were like twenty five minutes a night, top you know, fifty points a year, forty to fifty points a year, top PK, top power play, did everything right. EJ did a little bit of everything, but was never really that dominant player that, you know, the combination of his size and skating and skills suggested he would be. But he was still very good. And so that's why he got the contract that he did. He was, what, 27? Yeah, 27 at the time. We've talked in previous shows about how instrumental he was in that locker room as well. And this was the other big thing was that they were having an identity crisis. And to answer the question of why do they, why do, why does the, the why does management love him so much? They were having an identity crisis. They were having a, a culture problem in the locker room. And Eric Johnson said, I want to be in Colorado. I want to be an Av. I want to make it work here. Don't trade me. Don't move me. Let us figure this out. I want to be part of the solution. I badly want to make things work with the ads. He views, he viewed Colorado as kind of a salvation of sorts when St. Louis gave up on him and they gave up on him and Colorado gave him that second chance and said, we don't care about any of this. We don't care that you were drafted first overall. We don't care whatever struggles, whatever issues you've had in St. Louis. It's not, not our pig, not our farm. That's their problem, whatever. Now you're in Colorado. We just want you to be the the absolute best version of Eric Johnson that you can be. And it was just a perfect harmony between player and organization in terms of they needed a top defenseman. The top the the top defenseman needed someone to tell him that they loved him back, that they trusted him, and go be the guy for us. And you know, don't worry about don't worry about all this pressure and being compared to Jonathan Taves all the time. Don't worry about any of this. Just go be the best you. And that's what he did. And he was very good for a couple of years. Honestly, if they could get his, if they could get prime EJ on this team, they might be unstoppable. Yep. There was a quote from Joe Sackick, I think shortly after they signed EJ to that big extension where he told the media, he said, look, we got EJ. He came here and I told him we did not draft you first overall. We do not care about that. We, we got you to come be our best defenseman at the time. Yep. And, yeah, he was. For for three or four years there, he was the Avs number one by a good margin. By Yeah, it was it was Eric Johnson and then Tyson Berry yep. ascended. And it was like those two guys as in, in like Jan Haida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. For, for a minute until he broke his hands and got old. Yep. And. Eric Johnson just sort of he was sort of like one of the the faces of the failures of the two of the 2010s. Yep. And so there's and there's a lot of hate on him now because he's older and he's 31 now and he's got an expensive contract that's paying him 6 million dollars and he doesn't score. Yeah, I mean any 
anywhere within the realm of realistic numbers on offense to justify that contract anymore. Can we talk about the significant role change he's had this year too, though? Yeah. Because absolutely, the Avs aren't asking not him to produce as much offense. Not just this year, but it has shown more significantly this year with the emergence of Kale McCarr. Well, and, and the addition of Sam Gerrard changed it too because yeah. they moved the power play units to, to Barry and Gerrard. Yep. So he stopped picking up 10 free points a year. True enough. So, and you're right. In the role change, as they've added the talent around him, they've lessened his the burden. His burden, his workload has gotten a lot lighter, and I think that that's been an adjustment for not only the team but him, because he was he was 25 minutes a night, like 25 minutes. Throw him out there, just chewed up minutes. I think mean, he was top five in in time on ice a couple of years ago. Yep, and then his knees gave out on him, but and he consistently would have some knee issues. Uh, he's got one. He's got a bulky knee, you know, the one that he hurt in the in the golf cart incident. It just never really fully. It's never going to be a hundred percent again. It never was quite the same level, and it's always been susceptible to injury. He's hurt it a couple of times since then, and that's kind of it. Like that's the book on EJ is that. He's no longer that number one guy, and people are obsessed with how much money he makes. And, you know, I think in two years, it could cause a problem and might be a cause for conversation. But for right now, they're not anywhere near the side. His contract isn't preventing them from doing a single thing. And so they get to just enjoy the player as he is. Right. So all of this, great question. But to wrap it back into today's show... Av's defensive weaknesses right now. The ongoing conversation with Zadorov, the obvious immediate standout there. Uh, outside of that, I think the big one for me is rounding out with more modern defensemen. Right now with Zadorov, and to a lesser extent, but still the same case, Cole. When you're looking at those defensive defensemen on this team... The puck moving ability in their own zone is just a little bit lacking. And I think Graves too. I think I would add Graves I, to this that, conversation. Definitely fair. Yeah. Um, where you're saying three of the six you feel uncomfortable with when they have the puck on their stick defensively. Yeah. And like these are the trade offs that you make. <clears throat> They're never going to load up on Sam Gerrard's. They want bigger, more physical guys. Yep. You know, they're after that. Um, it's, 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 it's a balancing act back there. And I think that this is the most talented defense they've had in a very, very long time. And I really like this defense. I would say this is one of the top five abs defenses in team history. I think it's dynamic. I think it's very talented offensively. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty underrated defensively, in my opinion. Abs fans talk about it like a typical trash defense because Abs fans have been obsessed with how bad the defense have been for a decade. That now that it's good, it didn't get good overnight. It gradually got better. Yeah. Steady. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, this is now a good defense. This is a defense that excels at mitigation of quality scoring chances and blocking shots. Having uh, watched that 96 defense for the past week or so, it's way better than that. I'll tell you right now. 
Uh, yeah, I would definitely, I would take 100%. Oh, if we could take Adam Foote off that defense and put it onto this defense. A young Adam Foote. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. He'd be the he'd be perfect fit. Yeah, exactly what they need. Yeah, exactly what they need. He, that really tough dude that'll chip in a little bit of the offense because for all the things that EJ does well, he's just not an overly physical player. Yep, he's learned how to use his size well in his career, but he's just never going to be that like aggressive physical defender, and that's okay. It's just not who he is. And that's that's really kind of their big. Uh, I, that, that's really one of their big weaknesses. I think physicality is still sort of lacking on the defense as a whole. Um, they're defending in front of their own net is weak, and I, I really don't love. I don't love the way that they move the puck in their own zone. Outside of Kale McCarr. And to a lesser extent, Sam Gerrard, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, as a whole, as a unit, as a six-man unit, I'm yeah, it's still lacking. And I sure. think that's where we're going to see between Byram and Timmons, I think we're going to see the biggest leap is that the physicality certainly won't be solved with those two guys, but it won't get worse. It's not like they're both soft players. But I, the puck moving is going to get a lot. I smaller. mean, I think Byram will help the physicality a little bit. Uh yeah, it, it, I don't think it, it, it won't take any steps back. Whatever he sure. gives is fine, but he's not he's not like a really physical guy that is miserable to play. He sucks to play against because he'll just take the puck from you and go do something and make you look bad. <laughs> it, it's, and certainly Timmons much more on the puck moving side of things there. Yeah. Um, so that that's the interesting part about the defense is some of the answers and the reason that Zadorov is likely on the way out is because they already have him. They have prospects ready to graduate. Mm-hmm. And so the question then moves to the EJ contract. The, how do you fill out the bottom pairing of this team with Ryan Graves? Or can you look at doing something insane like getting a Petrangelo and having one of the best defenses in the NHL at that point? Right. So this is why we see the goaltending position as a little bit weaker, perhaps. Yeah. Well, and the big thing is, is Ian Cole and Nikita Zadorov on maybe half and maybe as many as half of the other teams in the NHL would be top four defenders. Yeah, absolutely. Today, I think both would be top four defenders on the weak half of the league. Yeah. So, I, I mean, maybe even some of the select top teams that are a little weaker. On yeah, the back that are missing a number four or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Because they're both, they're both solid. They're both flawed. Take too many penalties. Can be a little dumb with the puck. Get a little scrambly at times when they're not playing within themselves. And both can hit that panic button, and it gets real bad when they do. But otherwise, like really, and I think I think Cole this year has been once he kind of the hips were really healthy and he really got into full game shape. The the first month of the season. Um, he's really been very good defensively. Yeah, I he's found a way to a bunch of points as well. But <laughs> and that's that's like that's great. But we also know that that's super like inconsistent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like a bunch of a bunch of him chipping pucks up and then two forwards doing something awesome, and he gets a secondary assist where you're like, cool. But yeah, and <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. It yeah, 
you take it when you get it. It's just not what you're expecting from that guy, and you're not relying on it moving forward, but you appreciate it when it happens. Well, the fact of the matter is, I hope the Avs continue to sort this out on the ice, because I do love golf myself, but I'm ready for hockey to be back. Tiding me over until then, though, is WGT Golf. It's not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of DNVR. You can download WGT and join the DNVR clubhouse by going to dnvrgolf.com. They have over 20 million players around the world. We were just talking on the gaming pod about this, and looks like uh, Vogt has a little bit of the, the skins game going. He says he's won six in a row against challengers over in the DNVR lounge, so he's he's winning too much on the DNVR circuit right now. Someone's got to get in there and take him down, I think. But... How'd you do in our first tourney? Not well. I, I was... On pace for a good score, I was one over through six holes, and then I put up a snowman, and that ruined it for me. Could have could have shot a decent score, wouldn't have won, but you know I'd have made the leaderboard, and then the snowman just been, blew like, it up in the pack. Yeah, right. And it would have been like, eh, I was just one of many names in there. Right, and instead I'm way at the bottom because I put an eight on the board. <laughs> so Fair. unfortunate, but you know. A, my putting game wasn't as bad as I thought. I just put one in the in the water, and and that that ended my run basically. But super realistic, one of the most realistic mobile golf games out there. Again, dnvrgolf.com. There's a ton of other modes as well. We will have bi-weekly DNVR golf tournaments. You can play top golf game mode. You can play famous courses like Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, St Andrews, many others as well. Get in there, play some golf. It's the best sports golf game in the world with 20 million players so third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's with rudo and aj now we get into the interesting one or maybe the most complicated one in the forward core i mean that's a good way to put it the most complicated one because as we've talked about many times on the show five of the top six are solved for the moment so you can lock in McKinnon, you can lock in Landeskog, you can lock in Kadri, eventually likely replaced by Newhook. You can lock in uh, Burkowski, you can lock in Rantanen. And that is awesome. But Yes, it is. Whoa! <laughs> so you drop the dynamite, and then you look at the rest of their lineup, and you say, you know what, they have pretty darn solid depth as well. There are no weaknesses. Exactly. Between, between Comfer, Nachushkin, uh, Donskoy, uh, Calvert, Nieto, Jost, uh, Belmar. You don't, have a, you don't have a weak link there. All you have are good players and better players. Those are dudes you can play in your bottom six every night and you're happy with it. Those are dudes that if the abs put a single one of them on waivers, every one They're of them They're getting get claimed, yep. 100% every single one of them will get claimed. Yep, no doubt about it. So, the one weakness we've talked about a lot is that final top six position. Yeah. I think there are two big weaknesses that I that I feel kind of stick out. Okay. I think that, obviously, that sixth top six forward that just sort of, like, fills that group out. And if they never get it, that's okay. Yeah. It's not such a drastic... You're talking about the sixth of six. 
Right. Like, you got five guys, like, and if your five guys are good enough, whoever that sixth dude is will be solid. Like, can, can as we saw with Donskoy, could move up and be productive. When as we saw with Nachushkin, could move up and be productive. But this is where you're really hoping that you either go out and you get a big name that really kind of fills it all out or Martin Kaut. I, if we're being realistic, if you want to improve that position, I do not think Nuke or Martin Kaut is the answer. Okay. Those are, with Nuke, honestly, both of them, you're hoping that they're middle six guys at best going forward. I I mean I have higher I have a higher hope for Kaut than Nichushkin. Same. I would agree um, with in, that. In in that position, I think Nichushkin is like a third line guy that does heavy defensive lifting is is what you want and I think that's where I have the other like true weakness in the Colorado forward core is that they don't have that bottom six like stopper that hard match defensive guy that also chips in enough offense that you're really happy with. Right. Yeah. I like, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking kind of Stefan yell type guy here since we've been watching a lot of the old abs. Another dude that guys in other people's bottom sixes just do not want to play against. Right. And just made life miserable. Um, you would you would hope that you get a guy very good in the faceoff circle, very good defensively, high IQ, doesn't take penalties, helps you on the PK, takes takes your draws, plays for you late in games, is like a defensive like that's what he does for you, kind of like what Chicago had Marcus Kruger during doing during their Cup years. Uh, that that one guy that would take up a hard matchup for you and free up the rest of your lineup. A rich man's Belmar kind of. Yeah. Belmar, Belmar is exactly that kind of guy, except that Belmar is just a little on the lower end of yep. what I'm talking about. Exactly. And you would, you would like one that's not 35 years old. Also would help. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not being so picky, but like you would prefer. And that's where you're hopeful that Shane Bowers could be that guy. Mm-hmm. That's the real hope is that Shane Bowers could take that job and be that with his skating and with his IQ, I've got a lot of faith. I've got a lot of hope that that he can slide into that role eventually. I'm a little nervous that they spent so much time with him on wing at the end of the year. But it is what it is. I mean, he's still I'm still hopeful that he's that guy. I don't I don't need hope. Even if that's not the role he ends up in, that's an NHLer. Oh, I'm totally convinced he's an NHL player. I just think that that's where he could fill. Like, you end up with a you end up with a a defensive stopping line that you can hard match against, say, another team's second line because Bednar will always go best on best if he can. McKinnon against the other team's top line, which I I love. By the way, I love that. Let let your big dogs eat instead of trying to get cute and try and use like a defensive guy and steal uh, matchups for your top line. I. I love best on best because it's just like, all right, well, our guys are just better. And I think that, uh, I think that like a Nachushkin Bowers combination moving forward, like in two years, say that could be something that you really, you throw at a team and it just, it just locks you down. Yeah. And if you have Comfort on the right side, great. 
when, Hopefully he continues to evolve his game look, into that role. Uh, look, the the point here is if your bottom six isn't losing you hockey games, you have a lot of faith in McKinnon and company in the top six winning you games. Definitely. So that's where it comes in, where if you can throw that lockdown line out there and it keeps steady or regularly enough gives you a goal that the other teams aren't getting... Yeah. All of a sudden, you start winning a lot of games, man. I mean, if you could get three 30-point guys for your third line, you're thrilled. Yeah, exactly. So You're thrilled. It's When you have, when you have an elite, high-end forward core, like guys in your forward core that can, that can give you the special numbers, the MVP numbers, and, and not just like, oh, it's a bunch of like 70-point guys. You're talking about some 90, 100-point guys one or two of them being Mac and Rantanen. Yeah. Like you can get a, your third line being very good in its own end and kind of being able to hard match. Cause that's where Colorado's kind of lacked is that Jost has gotten a lot better in that role and has developed. And maybe he's the guy that I'm talking about. Maybe he ends up being that guy, but so far hasn't quite gotten there, but like they're in that, they're in that realm where they're kind of getting to it. You know, they brought in Calvert, they brought in Nieto, they got Belmar. They're working towards this. But those are all older guys now. Nieto's probably gone in the offseason. Calvert may maybe let go at the end of the contract. Maybe you let both Calvert and Belmar go at the end of their contracts next year. If, they're just gone, and you have to replace those guys internally. Whether that's Cout, Bowers, or whoever. Right, right. Nick Henry. Yeah. A guy that you and I are both a big fan of, you know, whatever, whatever it ends up being in three years, totally. It'll be Sasha and Mutala and uh, the Kovalenko kid. Yep. So uh, there are quite a few options for the abs at forward in their own organization. In the immediate, they have the defensive guys in Byron Timmons, but there's a bunch of question marks after that. The depth of prospects seems to be there for the abs at forward. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I I mean, really, this whole podcast, again, is not about reshaping the abs as a whole. It's yeah. more just a little bit of manscaping around the edges, as nice. Manscaped is our partner here at DNVR, and during these times, supporting our partners is supporting us. Manscaped's new lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best ball trimmer in the world, with ceramic blades to avoid any nicks in that precious area. When you order, you can get the perfect package 3.0 kit, which comes with the trimmer, as well as some anti-chafing deodorant and spray-on ball toner to take care of all of your needs below the belt and you can get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 plus they'll throw in free shipping as well now is the time to jump on the Manscaped bandwagon and shine up your jewels so as we close out this podcast every team in the NHL regardless of how good is always looking to improve and there are some avenues for the abs to improve here that's just the reality of the situation. How easy is it to fill those is another question entirely. Yeah, everything comes at a cost. Yep. And the the ads are kind of, their roster is finally full. Yeah, they're, 
There is no more room. The Their penchant for giving guys second chance opportunities is over because they simply cannot fit them anymore. Yeah, I don't know where they could find another Nachushkin, room for another Nachushkin this summer. I, do, I just don't know where. Yep. If you're looking to make a legitimate upgrade somewhere, I don't I don't know that they have the space to do that. Exactly. So it, it it's going to take a little bit of a, a shift in direction for acquisitions, I think, for this team going forward in that they need to find ways to get better without filling obvious, obvious needs. And that's could could be the difference between a cup and not. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, man. All right. I guess you never know which one of those guys is going to be your Max Talbot two-goal game seven. Exactly. Exactly right. So I guess that's a good place to leave it. Uh, We're going to get out of here as we are running a bit short on time in about 20 minutes here. If you're sticking on the live stream, the DNVR Broncos guys will be breaking down the entire Broncos schedule for you. Always a fan favorite thing to look at and do. Uh, I imagine I, I would be into that quite a bit as well with how much we tend to break down the Avs schedule bit by bit. But that's it for us. Y'all know the drill. We will be back tomorrow for the final episode of the week. Uh, quick update. We are moving the Avalanche game four versus the Panthers, the extremely long one to Monday. So Monday afternoon, evening, we will be settling in, getting cozy, and, and getting ready for a very long hockey game. Hope y'all will join us for that. Uh, until then, see you next time.